How's it going, geekdom community and everyone all around the world? Tuning in to another episode of the Geekdom Underground Podcast. Wow, we uh, took a little bit of a break there. Hey, the first one of the year. It's the first one of the year, 2022. 2022, and this is episode 22. Uh, no, maybe. I think so, 22, 23, <laughs> yeah, somewhere around there. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. you know what it is. It's your boy, JRG, John Garcia, Programs Manager here at Geekdom. Who am I hanging out with? What's going on, everybody? My name is Philip Hernandez, COO here at Geekdom, and I'm stoked to have today's episode of Geekdom Underground. We've got two longtime members, also two folks that have already been on our on our podcast. So y'all are comfortable, comfortable in the studio, comfortable with the cadence and all those things. So today we've got Roberto Jolliffe. He is the founder of eVentures, also yes, participant sir. in the Geekdom Pre-Accelerator. And the yep, Notley yep. Fellow, um, oh, partaking in fellow. innovation, um, eSports mentor, uh, trying to just advocate for STEM and STEAM. Uh, children and people to just connect with esports. That's right, and world. so it kind of ties into the conversation we'll have a little later. And the voice may sound familiar. Hey, yes. welcome back. Um, <laughs> find more of my voice. I'm I'm a voiceover actor as well, so I do that part time. Um, BertoTheVO.com. You'll find some of my content there. And yeah, I just I, I dabble in a lot of things, man. I think the world is plentiful, and we could all be have hybrid identities. We just got to balance it all. Everything comes with balance, man. Dang, That's it. I love That's that. That's it. Yeah. Great intro. Awesome. And then also we've got. Ryan Stewart, Geekdom member, Geekdom mentor in our programs, also a, a digital marketing guru. Great to have you back, sir. Thank you very much. Yeah, I'm real, real excited to be here. I'm also uh, uh, recently kicked off. I'm a host of a crypto media project called Talk Polkadot. My goal is not to talk price, prices or any, any kind of that nice influencer fluff. I'm more about the education, learning, and understanding the technology that's about to really disrupt our lives for the better, which I'm, we're about to jump into. So real excited. Dude, so today's episode is a little different, right? Normally, what we do on here is we bring on a member, and then we talk about where they came from. We talk about their story, where they're going, the ups and downs, the challenges, all that kind of stuff. But 2022, we got some big changes, and one of them, yep, yep, one of them is today. Our focus is going to be on Web 3.0. Web 3. Web 3. Web yeah. th I mean, I've it's, heard it different ways. We're surfing the wave either way. We're going we're gonna to get there. I think that's right. Web 3 is probably uh, m more common, but Web 3.0 I've heard, heard a lot too. Web 3, Web 3.0, the, the blockchain. <laughs> oh, wow. We're going to do, we're going to talk about the B word here in a little <laughs> bit, which, which is, you know, what's crazy is that like, uh, I feel like there's certain key terms that are out there right now that either ignite a conversation or stop a conversation, <laughs> right? Like if you say NFTs, mm -hmm. you see everybody, they're like, uh, well, all right, cool. It's like bringing up like my hip pain or something. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm out of here. Yeah, yeah, the conversation just stops. Or you say NFTs and people like, boom, turn on and start talking about all this stuff. But what's, what's um, interesting and exciting but also kind of weird is that all of this stuff is brand new we're at like the cutting edge of this technology and and the beginning of it which is a cool space to be in there's a lot of there's a lot of good information out there there's a lot of misinformation out there so hopefully today we solve some of that stuff. demystify demystify let's demystify web3 or 3.0. Yeah, and I love the way the way y'all are going with it. I mean, I know the last episode with the NFTs, like just kind of like the, the gateway into what these conversations are going to be start becoming in, yeah. the, in this yeah. realm. Like, There's just a lot of people that are like, I'm curious. I've heard everyone talk about it. 
I, I for me personally, I'm like, I feel dumb because I don't know enough, right? I, I see memes, I'm like, you know, screenshotting, oh, I stole your NFT, but like, <laughs> there's people that are like, no, I'm investing, like, I have a buddy that was like, I got 12 G's, I'm like, throwing it down. People are yeah. leaving their wow. nine to fives because they, because of the, these kind of scenarios, um, yeah. of being either a part of organizations or producing, re- um, you know, really valuable NFTs to the point where it doesn't financially make sense to keep doing yeah. their, you know, do their salary job. Like, it's, yeah, it's, it's really crazy. Um, and there's so much going on with NFTs too. So when you think of NFT, I think the most common thing being talked about is like the graphic representation. So it's like buying a modern art piece, but instead of yeah. art, you're you're um, you have this uh, piece of artwork that is public and is is known. So the whole idea of oh, someone you know right clicked and saved the image is that's not the point. Is the point that you own it? So it's like if you own the Mona Lisa, there's thousands of Mona Lisa images everywhere and the fake covers and all that. That's not the point. If you were the um, what's the um, uh, museum that holds the MoMA in France, or the, the Louvre, the Louvre. So, like, but everyone all knows that's where the that's where the, the <coughs> right. Mona Lisa is. So NFTs kind of create that same situation. So um, I think it's interesting. But there's there's another another side to NFTs as well. Um, so if we're gonna, we'll, we'll go ahead and we'll jump into NFTs. And then I think right after that, I'd love to explain one Web one, two, and three, just so we're all baselined. Get the history. Yeah, um, yeah man. Yeah. But to well, te- <laughs> coming in hot. You're gonna hot. start with the NFT before, before we uh, before we do that because okay. that that that's quite a jump, which we learned because we did we did a workshop with NFTs mm-hmm. and um, you know like like what you're talking about how like you feel like like. Like, you just don't know enough about it. You feel mm-hmm. like you can't be part of the conversation. And that's one thing that I've seen with, with any talk about Web3, NFTs, blockchain, cryptocurrency. There's there's so much FOMO yeah, around That's around exactly this, what right? it is. Mm-hmm. And um, so to get a, a baseline so that everybody, everybody can start um, at the same spot, um, you just kind of alluded to it that we have web three because there was a web two and a web one. Mm-hmm. So web one, let's talk about that. And my understanding of web one is the first iteration of the internet that we as consumers could consume. Mm-hmm. And that was like the nineties, like the early two thousands where like everything oh, like was the dot com boom area, the dot com boom, everything was just static. It was, it was during pages. that time period where we all had to use modems that required our phones and made that crazy ass noise. Yeah, no, like, AOL. AOL. Yeah. 1.0 is probably around there. Maybe st- people are still using those old modems by Web 2, but that's a good example where it's just so new. And um, remember things like Prodigy, um, AOL coming up during that time where it was yep. just this incredible communication mechanism. So, yeah, it was. we had a lot of these individual services basically decentralized because these weren't major systems saving data on lots of people. They were a number of different helpful tools. Yep. So they could help you. Ser- oh my gosh, you could search, you could send an email like, Oh man, I was remember that. Was yeah. I was like That's 12 funny. and I remember yeah. the Yahoo chat rooms, boy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I don't even know how I got here, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. But other than that, other than like communicating with mm-hmm. like, like instant messaging, right. There wasn't really much that we could do on the internet aside mm. from like go to static web pages and just consume. Mm. Yeah. Things. I think you could consume. And I think that was the first start of kind of like e-commerce. Cause I remember like eBay, the early days of eBay, like, yep. I, I mean, people initially use it for beanie babies. Like that's how eBay took off. <laughs> yep. started selling <laughs> beanie right. babies. Yeah. And I would go on there for like Gundam models and looking up like old uh, Sprint PDA phones before there was smartphones. I used to always like go, my, I was weird. 
my mom was like, oh, yeah, we got this uh, Sprint PDA phone. Or uh, I saw it on the Sprint store, and I went in there. I was like, oh, it has a keyboard, touchscreen. I was like, how can I order that? And I was like, I'm, yeah. I'm going to figure out something. And then <laughs> on the internet, AOL, like, and then connected <laughs> yeah. to eBay. And, and it's like, I need to use the phone. You need to get off the internet. <laughs> oh, <for laughs> yeah. like, pick up the phone, hang, mess up your whole Man, connection. Mm-hmm. memory lane. Well, what's, what's interesting, too, is that, like, back then, uh, when Web1 was really taking off and, and um, the dot-com boom, there was an element of FOMO back then, too. But I feel like the difference now is that more people know about it. There's more access. There's more information out there. And the average online, the average person who spends time on the Internet is able mm-hmm. to contribute in Web3 in ways that they weren't able to in Web1. So, so Web1, static pages... 90s to the early 2000s, you saw AOL, Yahoo, Disney.com, eBay, those kind of things. Let's talk about Web 2. Mm-hmm. So Web 2, that's when, like, the data collection started happening. Advancement on features, services really became, um, I think, a big def- uh, describing factor for Web 2 was, like, we went from these, and I think the word decentralized really is important for one. It may, there might be another better term, but it wasn't these connected systems where we were an ID across Google, Facebook, and being able to create um, what was Web 2. So I think from Web 1 to Web 2, we went into these websites like Google. I think Google is a really good kind of mile marker for Web 2 because that's one of the biggest companies in the world now. And it, it really uh, is, a, I think, a good description because it's a service that exchange is it, it provides you a free service for your data and which mm-hmm. at the point in time of its buildup, you know, why would that matter? It's like we went from like, you know, um, you know, searching AOL, looking for Gundams on eBay, Beanie Babies. I was probably one of those people on the Beanie Babies. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was into them when I was young. Um, but, uh, and then we go into like Google and then we start seeing the power of Google plus Gmail plus Drive. And then we have Facebook with all these different things and like this explosion. And so I just think of it almost kind of like a funnel with Web1. We had basic services and things we could that were provided and all that. And then it exploded in that there was all these different things. So like maps. Everybody remember printing out maps when you were younger? Yes. You had to yeah. go somewhere? MapQuest. For Google, sure. Google maps. I, I think we lived like in a great transition generation. Like from what I grew up, I kind of experienced those younger to older, like, oh, I was using maps. And then I started using like the computer web like yeah. the map there and then mm-hmm. my phone and then you you started off in these communities like the Yahoo communities and then yep. the chat rooms and then it transitioned to MySpace and then you're like oh I'm customizing pages and oh I'm reaching different other communities and you're yep. like oh damn this is crazy my world is I'm now I can see their face and before it was just blank like usernames and now it's oh I have, they have a face to the name and then as that grows to web3 like now your whole freaking identity is a 3D avatar or something like that so yep. it's like yeah, it, it just keeps evolving and evolving. Like you said, the funnel that, that is just going outward and outward and expanding the opportunities, the possible, the art of the possible in those areas um, and just building upon that. Yeah, and in Web 2, that's when we that's when we first started seeing like um, like effects or um, like point. things happen because of the activities that we were doing on the Internet. Echo chambers. Yes, and in Web 1... That wasn't happening. We could sit there and consume all day from all these different sites. Mm-hmm. And just because I was on Disney.com and then I went to AOL.com, I wouldn't see anything Disney-related on AOL.com. Mm-hmm. But today, if you speak something, then you might see <laughs> Your, your right? journey is way more assisted. Yeah. And it's not that we want it or not. It's more it is assisted. It is. And so mm-hmm. that that has a, a huge impact, and we see it with, like, I'll use I'll use Facebook as, as an example because one of the – like, one of my – 
very excited um, feelings about Web3 is it's just demolishing things like Facebook. And so I see a huge issue that's being that's not being identified right now. But in terms of type two uh, or cluster B personality disorders, I really do think things like Facebook and Instagram where people are focusing or youth are focusing on likes, images, the idea of taking a picture of yourself and then sending sending it out so everyone else can grade it. This yep. creates a, such a demand on your personal image and then creates these can create cluster B personality disorders like um, um, narcissism and all these other things where it's suddenly like years ago, the job to have for kids was being an astronaut, a rock star or something like that. Now it's like influencer. And you're like, oh my God. Now I just want a million likes and I'm good. <laughs> yeah. and I, I want to be a YouTuber. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and it's, it's funny because then, so in web two, we really started to like explore and understand like a social currency mm-hmm. which is like the predecessor to this cryptocurrency that we're starting to understand right and just, like, and just to piggyback on what he said is just like this whole uh economy or community based on likes and things of that nature you're starting to see like that this is why everybody feels like they're missing out because everybody is now all connected before you're maybe uh, people in texas want to talk to georgia or this and this part of the world now we're all seeing everything in that, in a snap of an instance yep. of like, oh, dang, oh, what, oh, everybody's doing this. Like now, I'm really missing out because the world is doing it, and I'm not in this. And yep. I think that's where everybody feels they're missing out because you're like, oh, like oh, I see people in the Philippines like in NFTs and crypto. Like what? Oh, I, I should be doing something. Like I, I have resources, and I should be in this space too. If everybody's in it, I should. And that causes that that the game to go up. Like everybody's like, I want to be in the game now. I want to. Yep. Like, okay. Um, how do I? I just I, I'm going to jump in anyway, and it mm-hmm. could be dangerous too because yeah. it's yeah. like you. You're so curious, but curiosity kills a cat sometimes. So that's true. So so web so web two. We also started seeing more advancements in like um, how we consume the internet, Mm -hmm. right? Like there's more interactivity, Flash, Java. There's just more things that you can do on the internet. Mm -hmm. Um, And so now I want to get into the meat and potatoes of what we're talking about today in web three. We're still in web two. Very much so. But Web3 is on the horizon. You can be in Web3 if you want to right now. Um, Web2 is the common is the common ground. But like what we're seeing, like so when you talk about cryptocurrency, that's activity in the Web3 world. But as w- w- we can dive in here is like cryptocurrency is more than digital gold in the sense that like I think that's what a lot of individuals um, uh, don't understand. It's like you hear Bitcoin, you're like, okay, this bit, this digital gold, cool, mm-hmm. great. But there's so many crypt, uh, different cryptocurrencies now that are utility-based, that are governance-based. And so like um, a really cool company that I, I, I recommend anybody check out is called um, Energy Web. They are a company that is related to, um, I believe they u- utilize the uh, Polkadot substrate ecosystem, uh, substrate technology similar to that cryptocurrency. But what it does is... Um, uh, efficient energy across grids. So they, they help be able to, so like you can go and buy solar units and be able to like invest in solar energy. You can go and buy these units and then be able to like either sell them or, or they uh, increase in, increase in demand. But with energy web too, what they're doing, they're doing stuff in Australia that's helping increasing the grids, the electrical grids efficiency, and they're moving to different countries and they're being able to use this token that's able to then do in an, in an, auto, an automated fashion, be able to distribute energy appropriately. Wow. Yeah, that's that, nuts. That's, that's awesome. I mean, yeah. but even hearing something like that, like I had no idea that that was even a thing. Mm-hmm. And after this, I'm going to go in and <laughs> research that stuff. 
And I'm going to feel that FOMO because I'm going to realize that like, wow, there's documentation and articles and other people posting about this. And I didn't mm. even know that this existed. Yeah. You know yeah, what yeah, I mean? Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's just, a little bit you intimidating. Just, you're, you're gotta it, find, it, is, it can be intimidating. And then I think you just got to kind of dive in, pull your, your sleeves back and jump in the water and just like research. And there's going to be a lot of people that are for the hype and some people that are for the community. And I think this is like I was talking to Ryan earlier, like it's a thin line in, in the crypto, the NFT space of what what is hype, what is community? Like, yeah, you think these are just pictures or things of that nature, but like what what is the community behind that that's supporting yep. that? Like the Board Ape Yacht Club, that stuff, like those, those NFTs that are getting sent, like mm -hmm. those NFTs come with access to uh, yachts, actual real life yachts or mansions or parties or access to doors or to meeting people or getting like drops of crypto mm -hmm. into your account. If you're a good member or something like that, yeah. if you're participating in this community, it gives you different accesses or you could use the utility or the trademark and create your own brand with these NFTs and start selling it. There's a lot of different things There's some people like some celebrities you've seen, everybody has their own NFT group thing. But <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't think most of those have utility behind them. It's just like, I, I got a loyal fan base. If I put out these NFTs, I know they're going to buy it. So one thing, it's yeah. the hype. Yeah. yeah. One thing that's crazy is that, you know, I say it's intimidating and like my first thought is like, how do I even begin? How do I even jump in and start? Where do I start? Yeah. Who do I go to? But we're starting to identify that there are these communities like mm -hmm. and there's like you know TikTok and there's you know uh, Twitter is a big one right Discord Discord yeah, servers yeah, Discord so like Discord, it, that's probably the best place to start right is like maybe choosing which lane in Web three you want to be mm -hmm. in and then just go and find a community of people. Um, I mean, would, would would you agree? Oh, hundred percent. So what's really interesting from a, mar a marketing perspective, um, there are projects, organizations, and companies that are like spending probably like eighty percent of their time on Discord. Sounds crazy, but like it's creating this conversational marketing channel for um, prospects to come in and be like, hey, what's going on? You could read a white paper. You could get like a cool blog article. But in the end, talking to somebody is going to be your quickest transmission of information. So now a lot of websites have, you know, the chat bot and that really has a sales focus usually. So a lot of mm -hmm. people are hesitant on that anyway. But when you go into Discord, you have this complete control and then you can either go in what I would recommend there is if like you're trying to learn more and get into it, um, finding either like crypto educational, um, groups that run discords. There's a lot of people that, um, so like if you're an artist and you're looking at NFTs and trying to get the right direction, there's a really cool, um, person that I communicate with on Twitter called, um, she's a, um, her, her handle is, um, mech.eth. So it's M E C dot E T H. And all she's focused, she's, she's not a technologist as much as she is like a humanist trying to help others bring themselves up. And so how to, how to apply your skills, your artistic talents and be able to position yourself for success. And so, um, she, she has a discord that there's a number of people that go in and volunteer. So I'd go like the number one thing I'd say with, with cryptocurrency blockchain and, and re like is research. Mm -hmm. You need to be every, everything start starts with research. Yeah, you got to be diligent about the research. Um, yep. Yeah, because it could be yeah you get lost. You don't know like oh mm -hmm. this is a cool like picture, but what is it really doing? Like what is this value really to you? Like you have to really evaluate that and understand and just dive into those communities. Even like you said, I go to YouTube, check those, check the views, comments, and digging it. Discord can be a little overwhelming, especially if you're in a lot For of sure. channels and they have yeah. like their sub channels inside of that. And you're yep. like, oh, so you just got to really be strategic on like how you access it and put some set aside some time, 30 minutes, an hour. And just like, OK, I'm going to go in here, look and then try to mingle and, and communicate with these people to really understand, like, what is this? What is the value that it's bringing? Like, yep. uh, even for me, I'm in like the Yield Guild and that's a part of like Axie Infinity 
it's a whole play to earn community. Like these, these people in the Philippines are substituting their income that they make from playing a game that earns them crypto. And they're able to live off of playing this game. They're not even going to work anymore. Like, cause the pandemic shut down. So now they're earning money from playing. Like it's like a Pokemon type game yeah, so and they're yeah. leveling up their characters. And, and it's like, wow, arena. it's like, wow, arena. But instead of just doing like getting paid zero, you actually well, get money. I want to get into those things before we get there. Let's break that. Let's finish that breakdown. Sure. Web one, static web pages, you you consume it that way. Web two, more interactivity, mm-hmm. which is what we're in right now. It's when you saw social networks, all those kind of things really kind of pop up. Web three, what we hear about web three is decentralized. Mm-hmm. Whichever one of you, whoever wants to take it, <laughs> how can you how can you describe what is web three? The best of web one and web two. <laughs> okay. Best of Web One and Web Two, so, which which you I got a cool story, and you two. had said Web One mm-hmm. was considered decentralized, and I understand that. I get that because mm-hmm. Web Two is very much mm-hmm. centralized. Mm-hmm. Um, so Web Three, the best of both worlds. Yeah, Let's I talk would. About that. Yeah, I would just say like just to piggyback on that, it's it's almost you're almost full immersion into this, and you're able to own your own life in this world. You're able to create. You're able to have your own land, and maybe translate that to outside land in real life. And yeah. you start going down these paths of like full ownership where you could own things. You don't have to go through third parties. You could use trustless systems to evaluate who you are and what you're doing. And also just show the community like I am this person, like the dot ETHs, like that's mm-hmm. that whole system is just for you to use. You don't have to just send Ethereum to that. You could send NFTs, you could send other crypto and it converts it to that. That acts like it's just another wallet for you in this other immersive world that we're going through and going to. Um, yeah. It's it's a lot of potential and opportunity. I think uh, that's mind blowing that I've just seen thus far. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Best of both webs. Let's talk about that. <laughs> Best of both webs. Um, so yeah, as we mentioned with the first um, web one, with the services that were decentralized, not necessarily connected centralized systems, um, communication, being able to share services as well. So that was that's kind of a big deal. And so then with web two, we have these advanced features, functionalities, and um, advancements on Web 1, but we sacrifice that for centralization and um, pretty much paying with our data. And so Web 3 is the move back towards decentralization, but with the advanced technology. And so community is pr- is, is probably one of the biggest things I would say. That it, like one of the, If I could describe it, if there's one word, I'd say community. Because with Web 3, what it, what it is is to take all of our great resources, tools, all the great minds, and being able to rethink how we did a lot of things because originally when we were coming up with web when from web one to web two make it work like is there a way we can have some kind of website that searches and produces a result do it mm-hmm. great oh hey how, how can we fund that com- our company to keep doing this well we use their data and then we'll sell I'll give them ads okay great that makes sense coming up. You got to figure out a business operation and, and make it work. So now with Web3, we're, we're, we're seeing, I think, the rejection of a lot of the negative sides of Web2, which is these data, um, d- this, this um, data harvesting, um, the influence. So right now we, we literally have public policy being dictated by because of social media and the way um, echo chambers and these things are created. So these a number of these issues where these centralized platforms are creating problems, Web3 is the is a kind of reset. And it's not just social media, but it's also, so for instance, like transactions. Here's financially, here's what's huge about Web3. Um, so with blockchain and, and crypto, so if I wanted to send you like Bitcoin, uh, for, for, hold on, let me start. 
This is not financial advice. I am not a financial advisor. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody got that? Yeah, you got to start off with that. Yeah, the disclaimer. FDIC. For <laughs> you guys have a little like, ticker at the bottom. Yeah. <laughs> um, not an expert. So, <laughs> not an expert. so let's say I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pay you something in stable coins. A stable coin is a digital representation of a dollar. So you can't invest in stable coins because it's like investing in your own bank account. It doesn't, it doesn't do anything. Cool. But if I'm going to like pay you, it's the easiest way because then we, you're, if I owe you $10, I can send you $10. Flat out. Okay. So let's say I'm a, uh, I'm a business and I'm buying some, or you're a business and I'm buying some from you. I can, I can then use a, uh, use a technically a credit card, but it has stable coins on it. Send them to you. Or I can, we can get our wallet addresses and I can just send straight to you. There's no encryption going on as I'm sending that data, which is completely different than right now. If we go to a grocery store and swipe our credit cards, mm-hmm. there's probably anywhere from like four to eight different like touches in which your your credit card data is um, your your PII your personal identifying information and your um, card number are getting encrypted and decrypted in multiple zones. They're moving through. They're going to the bank, and they're not e- that in the process. Your the money's not even coming out of your account. It's just a credit. It's like they're like, hey, does he do they have the money? Yeah, sure. Okay, boom, done. And then everything's consolidated later. But this is that is an old system that we're constantly trying to keep efficient and trying to keep it secure. And so yep. there's so much money to keep all of that data and all these different ways of trying to pass people's credit card information, things like that. Web three, what we're going to likely see is a huge shift is going to suddenly be, inst- and it, we're going to start seeing more and more businesses, like small businesses, things like that, accepting crypto and then being able to make transactions. That's huge because the amount of effort and security that has to go into keeping tra- credit card transactions secure is incredible. There's a lot like, I've, I've, I have previous experience working for a company that did um, uh, encryption software and, and hardware devices, things like that, that run for credit cards. And it's an incredible journey to, 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 keep, a, to keep credit card data safe. So that alone, creating this, this instant way to be able to pay mm-hmm. is huge. So I'll use, a, I'll use an industry example that's about to be disrupted, the shipping industry. So um, let's say uh, you're a UK company that's going to buy a, a shipment from my company. Let's say, let's say I make chairs. And I'm going to ship you a bunch of chairs. So instead of the normal process right now would require like a, a bill of lading, inspections. There's all this stuff that would happen to make sure that nobody's nobody in the deal is getting screwed. There, there's just there's all these things that go on. It takes, and then once the shipment arrives, it takes about almost a week maybe to process and all of that. That's all going to get eliminated in terms of what we can do is set up a smart contract, put a Bluetooth sticker on my shipment. And then as soon as that shipment crosses a specific plane, that data goes through a mesh network, the smart contract executes, you get paid, or I get paid, you get the chairs. So right there, we're just... We're you just, just said a lot of a lot of keywords that <laughs> everybody needs to go search. Yeah. Smart contract, <laughs> there's other things that... Oh, sure, sure. That, so, that um, you had me- said Mesh too. network, but... Um, mesh network. Smart contracts is a really big um, piece of, of crypto. So if you're going to look at like... So NFTs, like if I transfer you an NFT, I'm using mm-hmm. a smart, uh, there's a smart contract that's executed. And so pretty much a con- it's, it sounds exactly like what it is. Yeah, because currently there's a lot of hands in the pot, like when you're buying stuff and they're taking your information and this your information that's going yeah. out when you're paying. So it's, it's mm-hmm. cutting out a lot of those middlemen and getting directly, hey, well, I need to pay you and that's I'm paying you. Like mm-hmm. I don't have to yeah. get, these other people are not getting my information that they're going to utilize to make more inferences on their company products and stuff like that. Yeah, that's yeah. so web too. I'm glad you said that and I don't mean to cut you no, off but I'm, I'm glad you said that cutting out the middleman because oftentimes when you look at any like any uh, resource for what is web 3 
And what is cryptocurrency? What is decentralization? That's what everybody starts with is cutting out the middleman. But that was a great explanation on on what that means. Yeah, and like if you look at it, like I mean, even like uh, if in the future you're applying for a job and let's say, you, you know, you used to send paper resumes or your, your upload PDF or whatever Word document. Let's say like I worked at Geekdom and y'all gave me an NFT that certified that I worked at Geekdom and that's in my blockchain wallet. Boom, this is on my resume. I just say, here's my blockchain. You verify that I work here. You know that I work here. This is the work I've done. I don't have to create, craft this whole resume for you. This is all verified in the blockchain. Geekdom says that I worked here. This is validated. These are the company, other companies I worked in my whole life. This is all validated. And what, you just need to get to know me as a person if I can do the work. I don't have to go through this labyrinth pro- process that we still do of mm-hmm. reaching out and, oh, let's have set up nine interviews before we hire you. Like, Imagine, imagine going yeah. out for a mortgage right now. And instead of having to have the underwriter go and do all that stuff and all that, just like, oh yeah, no, I worked here. I went to school here. I like that you could in a, in a private way have like, if you needed like incomes and things like that present, you could be able to like the approval for a mortgage could turn into like a day. And you're just like, oh, hey, all the information's present because it's on the blockchain. It's on a blockchain that can be touched and read. So um, there's that. And it's, yeah, there's, it just helps you verify things in an instant manner. That's more trust, a trustless system. So you'd know that this is, now, I'm going to just throw a wrench in the gears. And just like devil's advocate, mm-hmm. isn't that like, it seems like the adoptability of that is not there, right? Like there's companies that, those middlemen that you're talking about, mm-hmm. that ba- they're not going to let this happen, right? They're losing a bunch of money. Or like the, for the, the hiring process, there's companies that help with that. And, you know, if you're able yeah. to verify this stuff, like it's the same thing with like energy, right? Mm-hmm. Like the big oil, big gas is not going to let a lot of that stuff happen. Like, it just seems like it sounds great in theory, but what, what's the adoption look like? I feel like people are going to be the, like, yo, the, this the is technology. When it makes everything easier, it's going to push everybody that direction. Cause like mm-hmm. there used to be a thing called blockbuster and then Netflix showed up. Then why the mm-hmm. hell would you go to blockbuster? Even Redbox, like Redbox got totally pushed out of the way because of Netflix and streaming services. And so Paramount, NBC, um, all these other streaming services are popping up because they realized, like Disney, like like my kids are all over that all the time now, and I'm so thankful for it. Where it's like, hey, I can just put on movies for them, and that's really cool. Um, so I think, like, if you, I, I, I think when the technology advances, um, you either a, you you have to adapt, or you're, you or you you have to depend on that your product and service is so needed that you're not going to need to advance. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. In a sense, like history repeats itself. It always, mm-hmm. it kind of does, even though we hate to say that. It would, I mean, when the the web, the web, uh, when the internet came out, like those websites, <clears throat> people didn't believe in it. They thought it was just going to be a fad. Like, oh yeah, oh get you a domain site. It's, they thought that was just going to go away after a couple of years. And a lot of them did. Yeah, and so they didn't invest in it. They didn't believe yeah. in it. Some companies fell off because they didn't get their website. They didn't yeah. start a domain. They didn't go into that that web one. They just like, well, that's that's something these kids are doing. And yeah, remember both. remember Jeeves. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Ask Jeeves. Jeeves. Remember Jeeves, dude? What happened to that guy? Yeah, well, that guy. Yeah. I think he's just Fake Jeeves butler now. That Google stuff. Oh wait, no. I think he turned to ask. Just ask or something. Just ask.com. Ask. But I mean, when's the last time you went to ask? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, Google. Yeah. But, but so this is all really interesting, and I think that what is uh, what's difficult about a subject as complex as this mm-hmm. is that we can easily just like go deep into all these different verticals, mm-hmm. um, but. What I wanted to do with this podcast is like, is really give like a baseline understanding of all of these things. And so I think to understand why, uh, or to understand how you remove the middleman and how 
all of these processes work together, mm-hmm. you first have to understand the how behind Web3, mm-hmm. which is that B word that we talked about. Blockchain. <laughs> the blockchain. blockchain. The blockchain. <laughs> there it is, dude. So um, let's talk about that. Sure, sure. How, what is a blockchain? Okay. Um, I'm happy to take it. Unless you want to. No, you got, um, it. You got it. So yeah. I'll give a very simple version because I am I am not a I am not a programmer. I have never created a blockchain. I have I've been researching them. I'm fascinated. I'm a technologist. So in the in essence, in my mind, what I think a blockchain is, it's a it's pretty much it's the word ledger probably comes a lot if you do research into blockchain, yep. you hear the word ledger a lot. For sure. So pretty think about it like a blockchain is one of those um, receipt machines that are constantly just putting out receipts. Mm-hmm. So it's like instead of cutting it, just one big long receipt. But it's digital. So if I need to know that a certain someone went and bought $200 of Costco meat and I need to go and verify that, I can go onto that digital ledger and quickly in microseconds be like, oh, yeah, there it is. And then cool. So then I can say, okay, well, since you're such a great customer here at Costco, um, we're going to go ahead and give you, um, you know, benefits. Here's this. Here's that. And so just uh, that's a quick example. But like once so you it's have a, it's a, it, the blockchain is like the verification process. So it's after these miners are going in and this is the data that's getting put in of these purchases receipt. They're going in there and mining it. And while they're mining it, it's verifying, Hey, they boom, we hit mm-hmm. this block. This is actually solidified information. And then they just keep building upon that chain. And that's why it just keeps expounding because these people are doing these transactions on the chain. It's getting verified over and over. And it, yeah, there's a lot of other technical words like nonces and stuff mm-hmm. like that that come out of it. And It's it's never ending. So you're, you're yeah. thinking about this ledger that's constantly being cracked. It comes out in what's called blocks, blockchain. Mm-hmm. So a block will be written and there'll be a, an amount of information that's immutable, meaning unchangeable. No amount of, you know... Um, Computing power. Um, if you create, if you create uh, any kind of um, change in the blockchain, it'll be noticed immediately because then it impacts literally everything after it. Because it'd be like changing one row or taking out one letter and then pushing everything down. Like it. it and then it, if there is a change, it's kind of almost looked at as against going against the whole policy, mm-hmm. the ethos of what block, because it's supposed to be yeah. non-changeable. Like that's right, just right. A, yeah. like this is this is the permanent. Like you did this and this mm-hmm. is what happened. You can't change the numbers or nothing. So mm-hmm. I think there was other companies that went back and like. Back in the day of the research, oh, we could change this. And like, no, that's not that's not yeah, how a blockchain so can, works. Consensus, yeah. So w- what you're referring to there is consensus. And so that's the big thing about blockchain is community. Um, so we've seen we've seen disagreements occur in cryptocurrency history that has caused what's called forking. So Bitcoin, we saw it. There's Bitcoin and Bitcoin Cash, Bitcoin Gold. Um, so when people can go go back and they, if there's a large number uh, enough holders disagree with the information being provided, it, there can be a consensus issue. This doesn't happen very often because it's so big, like um, these forks don't occur very often at all. Um, it's actually one of the big problems with early blockchains is that um, if you fork, you create a huge problem. Um, it, it, it pretty much creates a whole other country. It'd be, like, it'd be like part of a country seceding from another. So because, because it's decentralized and so many entities have, uh, have the ability to make changes, if, if you, then nobody wants yeah, to make look, changes. If you look at it like um, like in Marvel, I don't know if y'all watch Loki on the Loki show, like the time continuum, like they, they're battling to keep the time <clears throat> in that stream. Gotcha. So if there's something that comes out of it, that that's not what it's supposed to be. Yeah. Those streams that are, they're supposed to be in this one continuous stream or the one continuous blockchain. So if you have something coming out or there's a change in that, that changes the whole process and what people stand on and what they believe on in these communities so that, this, that can falter the blockchain. Yeah, and, and, and the it, way the way that I uh, that 
I understood it too, and and the way it made sense to me is that like if if the block is a, a block of information that contains multiple pieces, the power of the chain is that when a new block is created, it has some of the information from the previous block and some of the information from mm-hmm. the next block once that's created, and so once you have all these blocks created, that's the chain, mm-hmm. and if you make a change, that's why you're saying that that yeah, everybody will know. You, yeah, yeah. Usually, don't, what usually happens is so, like, let's say I send you ten dollars of crypto uh, on day one, and then day fifteen you send the exact amount back. So on block one, that transaction occurs, and then on block whatever is that second transaction. So we wouldn't go back and change the first one. We would just add another transaction. We add to the block and we add. And I think it's also important to note that there are many types of blockchains. So for instance, with Bitcoin, um, mining is important because um, what what you're providing is like with the mining is what Bitcoin is, is pretty much like a um, you're providing like uh, the result of a computer working hard and solving a problem. But it takes a lot of electricity, time, and effort to solve that problem. To do those hashes, yeah. To mm-hmm. do those hashes. And so that hash connects and, wor- and works with the system. But, like, that's a, um, that's a proof-of-work blockchain, meaning the work is, 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 is proven based on miners going in and, 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 and working. Um, there's others that, that are, like, that are um, different called proof-of-stake, so, um, which is, uh, like, for instance, um, Polkadot is a nominated proof of stake blockchain where there's actually no mining. There's no miners. All, every token exists today and it, mm-hmm. it gets passed around and it's utilized in the system. So like for instance, with proof of stake, Polkadot requires at least 60% of the tokens that are live to be staked into the network to secure it because it's shared security across all these different blockchains. So it creates this secured system. So instead of like mining, you are you're, you're, you as a citizen of the network are helping. And so there's a, there like different blockchains that do different things and there's different ways they arrange, but basically it's, they're a ledger that's creating information that can be easily accessed. And so like when you get an NFT, you buy or someone sends it to you, you're, you're then in the blockchain showing, Hey, this is where it's at. And then on, then the visual side of it, like the, you know, the user experience comes in is there's these websites, decentralized applications that help view it. So it shows, Hey, here it is. And so that's how you're able to like, like OpenSea. OpenSea is accesses the blockchain and reads it and provides you an output on, and then also the mechanisms to mint and do all of that. Um, I, uh, I think, I think we're going to see an advancement on OpenSea. I think there's more better technologies coming out, but I use OpenSea because it's the most, um, most common. Um, yeah. So let's say with like Web3 overall with like the blockchain, it's that, that big technology innovation is that we now have a public ledger that allows us to do so many different things. And so like, for instance, um, another really big thing would be like is voting via blockchain. So as citizens, all of us people. So it, the the original issue with voting and blockchain is it's public. So then, you know, if your name's showing, that's kind of, you know, that's an invasion of privacy. But with Web3, identity is changing. And that's been one of the kind of rethinks when it comes, when we think come going from Web2 to Web3 is how identity is done. We exchanged our identity for services in web two, we didn't mind that google knew mm-hmm. who we were all that all the our gender activities all that we exchange that's our identity who we are we go biking we enjoy music um we, we we do all kinds of different stuff and that's who we are so not just our name so what's really cool about web three is it's the ownership side where we we regain our identity we regain our things we own things again rather than leasing them and so um with like identity 
if you can secure identity, which there's a project called um, Kilt, um, they're working with the German government right now where they do um, 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 trustless, trustless identity service where they use social KYC. I'm going to toss a bunch of acronyms out here. Um, pretty much what they're doing is they're creating, they, they're creating a system where no longer do you have to identify you as you. They, they act as kind of like they create the system where there's a third party that says true or false. So the system that needs to know information can ask these things and then say it, you get a response. Like I'm, I'm summarizing this. I'm probably, I'm probably not doing this technical justice, but pretty much nothing's stored. So I can ask, is this person a male? Are they of 30 to 40 years old? Have they done this? And as me as an identity, I can choose whether to reveal that or not. So let's say I'm a sneakerhead. I love sneakers. I'm going to, you know, if I ever find a really good deal, I'm going to buy those sneakers. So I could reveal that about myself, but what I could, what then likely we'll see, what we're going to see here in the future, instead of Google getting like 60, 70% of that money for the advertisement for a sneakerhead, a sneaker company to hit me as a sneakerhead, um, instead, what the companies are going to likely be able to do is give, give me a little bit of crypto for looking at their advertisement. Because why not? Like if you're already paying Google a bunch of money to do it, why shouldn't you be able to give you, give your consumer it's, it's their time. We should be able to charge our hourly rate. So why, if I'm going to get an advertisement, why can't I just get like, you know, get some of that money? And so that's actually going to increase economy and, and e-commerce because let's say that ad happens four or five times of different companies. I now have a little bit of crypto from each one. I now have a discount on those shoes and then eventually I'm going to buy something. And so that's huge. So like we're now cutting out the middleman. Yeah. <laughs> and the way, and the, way <clears throat> the way I look at that too is like even in the esports community or gaming and stuff like We've all been buying stuff in games, skins for our players and for things sure. like that. But like if you look at like how VHS transitioned to DVD, what do they give you when you when you when they started going to DVD and Blu-ray? They gave you the digital copy, the DVD, and the Blu-ray all in a package. So imagine you're starting to buy these like skins and stuff and they send you, oh yeah, I bought this shirt for my character online, but then they send you a real shirt in real life and then you have it on your blockchain. And then if this is like some shirt or some skin that's so rare. And you could just trade it across a platform. It doesn't even have to stay in the game anymore. Like, you can yeah. just transition it to other games and other people can or buy it. it becomes a part of your metaverse. Yeah, inside of the metaverse. So it's like something you have in your That's metaverse closet. Other. So like it's a whole other episode. Yeah. <laughs> so if your closet, like, if the game dies, you lo you won't lose that anymore. Like, now you could take that with you, and that could be valuables that you could transition to these different worlds. And yeah. Yeah, that's like a, so what's happening over in um, Polkadot, um, well, so Polkadot's an interesting cryptocurrency uh, blockchain as well, because it's the first one to ever have a canary network attached to it. So a lot of these blockchains will have test nets, no real world value. They're just testing. They're making sure things are working like you would do a sandbox in development. But what they actually launched was is a experimental blockchain that allows companies to launch on their experimental change, a chain to go uh, like bend the rules a bit to see what works well for them to be able to test things and then be able to launch on the larger chain um, um, polka dot. So right now there's a lot of stuff happening on Kusama, which is that um, uh, canary network. Uh, there's a really cool app. If you're into NFTs, I think you should definitely check out an app called uh, remark. The website is R R M R K dot app. And it's a real like the, the way, um, uh, the creator de de describes it is I, I create NFT Legos. And then what NFT Legos are meaning is he's created a plat. They've created a platform that allows NFTs to be more than what we're seeing right now. So there's a couple cool things happening with that. Like one, um, uh, what they allow you to do is a few different things like um, multi-resource NFTs. So if you buy an NFT, you could also download it and get the, get the track that's attached to it. 
and then as well as um, other other items. You can have NFTs that you can put other NFTs on. So like, for instance, let's say you have a character, you could then have another NFT that joins it. So it could be like a sword. It could oh, be wow. a shield. And then on top of that, you can, you can add DeFi, which is really big into uh, in the Web3 world, uh, decentralized finance. So NFTs can help you get more rewards, more crypto, more staking rewards, things like that. So you could be a part, um, you could have NFTs have m- much more than just its intrinsic value of what other, th- other people think it is. It now has actions. There are NFTs that can manage other NFTs. There are, um, there's, it has the functionality where you can have um, conditional rendering. Um, Some have the, I mean, residuals. Yeah. You see those like Basquiat paintings go at Sotheby's for $135 million. Like that doesn't go back to the artist. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, if somebody owns that, but now you could be like, Hey, for the life of this, I get 10% of every sale. So, Oh, I sold it for a hundred grand. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Royalties down the road. So you like, Oh, I got every time that thing sales, you get a percentage of that for life. So, so let me make sure I understand. So if you're an artist and you, you make a painting, and I'm a gallery and I purchase that, or if I'm a private collector and I purchase that and then I go sell it at auction, I'll get some of that money. But yeah, if it you, comes back to me too. If you included that in the smart contract, mm-hmm. yes, which I purchased from you, if you included some sort of royalty thing, then every transaction that that piece goes through moving forward it comes back to the artist. You get some of that. Definitely. Wow. That's so you could, awesome. it could be that powerful where, yeah. I mean, these artists probably have families like, I mean, that need this money they might some might be desolate and they, their painting yeah. sell after the death like most times it happens imagine you have that nft and like boom you created yeah. that and your family sees that money like maybe 80 years down the road but hey yeah your painting now sold for 230 million and your family's for gonna sure. get 20 percent of that or something and you're like okay yeah. it was two million dollars back to my family immortalizes you yeah. your, your artwork <clears throat> lives on mm-hmm. um so i I know this is a huge topic and for us to try and squeeze into our short time. But one thing that I did want to go back to is what you had brought up. You were talking about a game where you can (coughs) play and then earn crypto. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So the game is, um, Axie infinity. It's, um, kind of like, it's it's loosely like a Pokemon game. You, you, you have characters you build, they're called axes and you're getting like SLP. It's a a type of token that you could get. And you, you purchase these tokens. Smooth love potion. Yeah. And it's, it's literally you're leveling up these characters. They battle. Um, there's things as community managers, and sometimes you could you could host teams. So there's people that just the, the people in the Philippines, they don't maybe have enough money to play the game because you have to buy these characters. Or maybe I think back in the when it first kicked off, maybe 80 to 100 bucks. Now they're probably 300 to buy these characters. So you're buying them. People are playing for you, playing for you in the Philippines. So they're leveling wow. up your characters, getting your crypto stacked up. And they don't have to put any money in, but they're getting paid maybe 50% earnings. Mm-hmm. They're, they're leveling you up, winning tournaments and contests. And you take back 40%, but you're running these teams and you're making sure that they have the best Axie, the best Pokemon character. And it's all about, like, the skills. Like, you get cards, like, in Pokemon. You get the right ones and you battle the right people. And you're building this up, but it's building an economy where <clears throat> people can be sufficient on their own playing games. And, like, people still, I think, can't fathom that because I've been talking to a lot of people about this. And yeah. they're like, Oh yeah, you can make money. I'm like, no, like, yeah, there's there's players that are like on like Phase Clan and these big teams, these esports teams are getting sent to like play NBA 2K. But like, imagine you're just playing for yourself and you yes. become this entity where you're just a, a rock star at gaming. Like, you you probably met people that are good as hell at games, and now they're at home like 
they're not, now they're making money for themselves. Like they don't have to be a part of an organization. Yeah. They could get money playing and staking or making this money, this crypto yeah. out of this game. And then like that Axie Infinity is just a great community because like I said, all things are built around this community. Like, so this mm-hmm. community helps stay. If um I bought a yield, yield guild badge and that just gets you access to this community so you can look into opportunities at like maybe staking or getting teams under your belt so you could do it or you could do it yourself but it's, it's all about what the time you want to put into it but if you look at the opportunities there like this community helps like i think they gave out like some nfts for their community like just hey here's a, a yield guild coin i think they gave it to like their first 300 members and like they said their members turn around and sold those nfts for 18k like and that was a free thing that they got in their community wow. it was just like just because they were involved and part of it and very it's funny you say that because I had a buddy that texted me like a week ago and he sent me that. And he like, I don't know. It just seemed very like he copy and pasted something from a website. But he was like, this is remember when we used to play Pokemon Go? <coughs> Check out this thing. And I didn't look at it because I was like, I don't know. It looks like kiddish. Yeah. Yeah. But then now that I'm hearing it now, I just kind of like, oh, wow. This and they is- have other games like Yield Guild is under like they have like like these other battle guardian games. So there's like, I think, 10 games right now that you could play. And they're not just like little kid games. Some are like battle, like war games, scenario yeah. strategies. And like there's they're a, all winning. There's the one I'm, uh, I am recently joined. Um, so I, I recently joined a decentralized anonymous organization. You probably may have heard DAO. Mm-hmm. Sound, sounded out a lot, so yep. that's the that's the acronym. And what those are, and then we talk about community with Web three, are these um, organizations that are getting together. Where, like, for instance, you, you talked about with um, uh, people in the Philippines willing to not put any money in, but then earn. So with de- decentralized organizations, you can go and be a part of it. So like, I'm I'm helping build up a um, a, a website, a content hub website, and then helping their project management and do stuff like that. But I'm contributing to the organization for no, I'm not getting paid anything of that nature. It's more of being a part of the group. So the one I'm a part of is called, um, Rome Dow. So it's all based on this Roman, um, Roman kind of theme, but there's these different houses and what it's, it's game, it's game, it's a game DeFi where you, where you, in, you invest, but then you, you'll start to play. So it's almost like a, it's being developed. It's being, it's like about to be launched in terms of the gaming side, but it's like, Eight, almost like Age of Empires kind of a thing. Yeah, mm. but um, it has like a a long long term kind of gaming plan where you'll play a little bit, but your your strategy is is all there and what you're trying to do and how you're going to earn the NFTs you're going to earn that because like you you'll go for different NFTs just like you would in yeah. games and getting skins, but then you own it and then not only in the game will will impact you, you could possibly profit from it, but then with um the systems with like remark they have something called skybridge that pixelates the nft and can put it on your metaverse plot and so like that's what's gonna be really cool is instead of just being a accolade in call of duty it's gonna be like anyone can go check out your plot and you're gonna have this like hall of awards or or like your you just area of all these achievements and you're just be like this is me and this is and this is why and this is why i'm so for like just promoting like esports stem connectivity like there's i think esports is like the gateway drug in a sense into this metaverse this crypto space um and all of that like just imagine your your eight-year-old at home and you're like dang playing all day but like oh dad i got seven hundred dollars today you're like oh well hey uh yeah just keep playing and um yeah i guess and, and, and this and this is like i think the most easy gate or easy gate to get into like i mean mm-hmm. most kids have a, a tablet or a cell phone or something they could go to i mean even people that are not like of well to do they they're starting to give out people um like like iphones for like public the like 
CPS type things and things mm-hmm. of that nature. But like these kids have access to it. And imagine if like now your your kid is bringing in money. They're not even working. They're playing a game, which they already do all day. Yeah. Now they could get paid for it, and possibly they're building a career around it. They're becoming community managers. They're learning how to stream. These are all things that can lead to steam steam or STEM careers. Get you a college scholarship. Maybe get recruited for a job. Recruited for an actual esports team organization. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of ways it could go, and I think this is a great way um, just to educate just the kids and parents. Like, parents need to know so they're not just worried that their kids just wasting their life away. It's like, well, I mean, my mom used to do it with my little brother. He played, like, all day. Like, oh, you're just doing nothing, just playing games, and now, like, kids are getting paid 30K. It turns K. around. Or yeah, they, it turns they it, learn that their time is worth, like, their, t- like, their time is valuable. Yeah. yeah. And that's, well, that's most valuable. What's interesting, too, is that, like, that's always happened, right? Like, you've always – I think – we're all gamers in here in some capacity, but you know, any game that we play, like we'll use call of duty as an example, as you're playing, like the more you, the more you use uh, the weapon and, or if you're holding the weapon, whenever something happens, then you get XP or whatever the digital currency is. But now the difference is you can use that. You can use that currency in other ways. You could take that currency. You actually leveled up and, leveled up this crypto and you oh now you have 500 slp tokens and oh actually i could take that out if i want to and i want to use it in real life and yeah, yeah. and then you can buy like buy real stuff that's in real life. crazy yeah. so yeah that's um yeah it takes that point i think that's a really interesting shift from to like if we talk about web3 world crypto and all that it's it's the shifting of uh, the fiat way of thinking of money where it's like i have x number of dollars yeah. You start to realize in crypto, you don't look at it that way. You don't. It's nice to know what your total profile looks like, yeah. but that's not important. You look at your potential. Crypto is potential to me because in the end, it, the early early crypto was buy low and it blows up. It's popular. Dogecoin is a great example. Yeah, I don't sell think, high. I don't think Doge is ever going to do what it did again because one, you can create an infinite amount of Doge. So like Doge would have to have more, have a larger market cap than Apple to be a dollar put it out there or like $10 or whatever. Like just, you know, you got to take your wins where you can, man. But that's a great example. (laughs) That's a great example of community and hype Mm -hmm. and, and what can happen with it. Yeah. So if you look at in the wrong communities, but like the, sorry, the point I was making was just like, you don't look at, is it like I have a hundred dollars of crypto? You look at you, it's once you start to trade and swap and work with it, you realize you're just like, you have this potential and you're trying to always stack just because you have 10, $1 coins at this moment doesn't mean it won't be a thousand dollars in six months it's possible everything anything's possible so like that's with crypto too is it's like you know only you're only getting in what you can save and reserve because obviously you don't want to cut into your 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 bread your bread and butter of your of your life you know you know make sure your bills are paid yeah but um it changes your it's it's and it's almost like we really need high school classes and things like or school classes to help understand the concept because i'm still grappling around it because it's such an interesting i think there needs to be a bigger touch into like just financial literacy in schools at an earlier yeah. age to help people understand investing stocks, just crypto, in general, just yeah. in general alone, like bills, like credit card, but mm-hmm. all that ties, like this is earlier start. Like these kids, like our kids will probably start using crypto before they're like in middle school, like high school. Like they may not have checking accounts. Yeah. They'll start. Yeah. Just, oh, I, I created this thing on my, my, my tablet or my computer and I'll have a metal mask wallet or whatever. And you're like, Oh, I didn't, like, oh, you started that? Yeah, just now I have, hey, I have a thousand dollars. Like, you're like, what the heck? Like, oh, yeah, just kept beating this game like crazy, and I got all. You're like, oh, yeah, check it out. Yeah, yeah. and, and then you just have to teach these, and you now have to start teaching these kids earlier, younger. Like, hey, make sure you're managing money right. Like, 
you're getting it now. You can yeah. access, like, now everybody, in a sense, can start and get to money. Like, I mean, social media made it easier. Now this is just taking it to a whole nother ball game. Like, I heard my mom, like, last year during the pandemic, or, well, the pandemic's still going, but last year she was like, hey, let's, let's dote. And, like, now I was like, well, now she wants to talk about investing. And I was like, what? I was like, what is this? But now it's, it's become a more common thing because now people have access to everything easier in an easier manner. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you, you, you mentioned, sorry, you brought up a really good point in terms of the teaching as, as we talk about the subject. You asked about adoption being one of the, or did you, you asked about, you, yeah, um, Ryan, you asked about ado- uh, adoption and um, um, John, John, I looked at you know, your tag and saw Ryan. I was like, wait, I've been <laughs> That's calling him John. Yeah, I've been yeah. calling him John this whole time. Um, so what, what are the um, interesting things there too is like the adoption. So right now there's less than, about less than a billion people that technically like own crypto in a wallet. And so across the board, the, it's everybody's challenge. If you're into crypto, you su- regardless of how you feel about anything else, you support more people getting into crypto because it enhances your investment across the board. No, no, like full stop. Anyone that disagrees, I think is just you know is is, is not looking at the problem correct uh, appropriately. So there's going to be a lot of adoption into crypto, and you may not even know you have crypto because right now, if you talk to any popular fintech company, that's what they're working on. They're working on these different tools and techniques of being able to get in and tap de- decentralized finance without any without having to explain how to go get a crypto wallet, transfer, do all of that. Because I've wa- I've walked some people through, and it's incredibly difficult for some people if they're not you know a tech savvy person because yeah. it's it's weird to be like I'm sending how much money to like <laughs> where is it going like you don't get to rec- like yeah it's 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 jarring so like the we, when we mentioned the next billion people that are going to come on I'd say probably good a good majority of those people coming on are likely going to be the common investor that's going to get a pop uh, a message popped up in their port uh, their tool their investment firm company is going to say hey we've got this really cool um, DeFi yield that can add fifteen percent onto your pro- profile does that sound good yeah, sounds great. Click, boom, you're into crypto. You didn't even know that. Yeah, I didn't even, I mean, even on Cash App, like I just checked today, I didn't even like yeah, check and I sent, I was like, it was like send money, crypto, Bitcoin. I was like, hey, oh. wait, what? Yeah, hey, to like, that happened. Yeah, I literally just saw that today. I was like, what the, I, didn't, I was like, I haven't sent in a while, but I was like, oh, dang. I was like, oh, so you could just send somebody. Yeah, crypto to their like cash app account. Like, oh, yeah, here. Like, yeah, let me get like a couple of. Uh, I got some Bitcoin for you, man. Yeah, yeah. thanks, yeah. man. Hey, so. Look, I think we're coming up on time. This was awesome. I really appreciate y'all coming in here and and breaking down, demystifying some of these things. To wrap it all up, um, we talked about Web 1, Web 2, Web 3, and why it's important. We talked a little bit about NFTs. We talked a little bit about the the DAOs, Mm -hmm. uh, blockchain. Blockchain. The blockchain. The blockchain. The blockchain. And... You know, I want to dig deeper into all of these verticals. So um, to the Geekdom community, everybody listening, y'all let us know what you want to hear more of, and we'll dive deeper into these things. Um, But I really appreciate y'all. Mr. JRG, if you would, sir, please take us home. Absolutely. Learned a bunch. Had a great time hanging out with you guys. Uh, Before we wrap up, uh, we'll start with you, Brito. How do people uh, follow you, get to know you, and uh, learn more? Hey, yeah, so you can follow me on uh, all social media, Berto Boucher, Boucher, BertoBoucher.com. You can find my voiceover stuff at Berto the VO. Um, Yeah, if you want to find more information about me, just reach out and talk to me. I'm all advocating for esports and STEM and gaming and things of that nature, and I'm in the community. So if y'all have questions, and I'm going to be starting my podcast here soon called uh, Deeper Than the Cover. Going to be interviewing people like John, everybody in the community, Philip, Ryan, and just get a deeper take on what everybody does behind the cover. So appreciate you y'all yeah for sure 
Yeah, um, I would say if you want to go down the rabbit hole with me, go to Twitter. My uh, my Twitter handle is rstew12. That's R S T E W one two. Um, I I host a, a, um, a polka dot related uh, a show called Talk Polka Dot. So if you go to talkpokadot.com, we have a number of um, uh, assets and interviews. Um, I actually just interviewed um, somebody who's doing um, minting podcasts uh, uh, as NFTs. And he's going to create a gamified system. So let's say we know we're going to talk about blockchain. Someone can go and mint part of our podcast and then go and offer it. And then that contextual information will impact other NFTs and make it more valuable. Yeah, you got to see his stuff. Like the visuals is great, man. This oh, guy always you. knocks it thank out the you. park. Yeah, I interviewed um, a, an ambassador from Africa uh, right before uh, Christmas Christmas Eve, and he's a polka dot ambassador and had some really cool stories. So yeah, I'm 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 doing 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 different interviews and stuff like that. So uh, check me out on on Twitter and then uh, talkpokadot.com. Love it, man. Thank you so much, guys. Y'all take care. Thank you. Thanks guys. for tuning in, y'all. See y'all next week. Bye, Peace. everybody.